and welcome to Your Life Matters Soul Connection Podcast. I'm Junie Swadron, your host, and today I am absolutely thrilled and delighted to welcome as our guest R.J. Spina, who is um, an author and a man who has outshone the odds, something which is quite extraordinary, a man who had been paralyzed from his chest down and told he would never walk again. He's showing people that that's not necessarily the way it has to go. And I am so delighted that you are here with us today. Welcome. Welcome, RJ. Thank you very much for having me, Joni. It's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I would like to just share a little bit about you and tell our guests a little bit of background, and then we'll get into a lovely conversation. Sure. Okay. So even as a child, a young child, RJ was actively exploring the unseen greater reality that lies beyond the limitation of the five senses and the human intellect through his own natural ability uh, and attuned heightened state of awareness. Over the last 25 years, he's deconstructed his higher consciousness technique teachings and continues to teach countless people what he has experienced and learned. This wisdom that transcends knowledge has changed people's lives in ways that they never, ever thought possible. And since his permanent chest down paralysis in April of 2016, where RJ overcame in exactly 100 days, precisely as he predicted he would, using his Ascend the Frequency healing technique. He has been counseling people across the globe on self-healing, self-realization, and on meditation. And you can find all of his techniques and practices in his most recent book, Supercharged Self-Healing, a Revolutionary Guide to access high-frequency states of consciousness that rejuvenate and repair. Who wouldn't want that? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's quite a claim to fame and quite a claim to health. So I'm interested in knowing more about your earlier days when you say you already were kind of tapped in to a higher consciousness. Can you tell us how you experienced that? How old you were? What happened? Where were you? What did you see? Sure. Yeah. So even as a, um, as a child, I can remember, I don't really know how old I was. I was quite young though. I remember Mm -hmm. telling my mom or explaining to my mom exactly what I was going to do in this life. uh, How old I would be when I left this life, where I would live, uh, the things that I was going to work on. And it was quite specific. And she said, how, how do you know any of that? How do you know that? And I said, well, I remember everything. I came into this world with a lot of what we could call memory intact, or still a direct connection to, to what I really am. And so that was always the case. As a little kid, when I would lay down to go to sleep, soon as I closed my eyes and sort of without effort or without trying, I would immediately be outside of my body and I'd be looking at my body. So my consciousness, uh, and I think just simply because I had not formed any real identification to my body or being human, to be honest. So I still felt quite much like 
pure spirit. And so these memories of everything that I planned while spirit and then being able to leave the body. And I wouldn't even say at will, Jimmy, because it would just happen. I wouldn't try to do it. It would just occur naturally. And that was kind of the start of what we could call the exploration of my own higher consciousness and the, the greater reality. I would wake up outside of my body. Sometimes I'd wake up on the ceiling. Sometimes I'd wake up on the roof. And then I realized I could go anywhere as spirit whenever I wanted. And uh, as I started to realize this, I realized I could literally go anywhere as spirit. So I would leave this realm. I would leave this earth. I would leave this frequency. I would leave this dimension. Uh, and it all felt just completely normal. So it's, it's funny as that sounds. And it still feels more normal to me than actually being inside this this suit. So I, I, I've always been different and always been connected to, I guess we could say, to, to what I really am. That's so extraordinary. Not, I don't know anyone else who has. I mean, I'm sure there have been people who have been incarnated and remember what it was like, you know, before and come in that way. But it's, it's, it's unusual. And what did it, what was it like as you grew up in school with your buddies? I mean, if that was such a natural thing for you, did you imagine that everybody had that ability? Yeah, that's <laughs> so I remember explaining what occurs for me, uh, leaving my body and going to different realms, uh, accessing things that uh, ordinarily a human being would not be able to access and things like that. And I remember telling, telling again my mom, and you know, she looked at me like I had two heads, obviously. And I was like, well, did, you don't do that? And she's like, no, I, I don't do that. I don't know anyone that does that. I don't know what you're really talking about. Um, and it was obviously, you know, poo-pooed because it was just so odd. And, and this is, you know, we're talking now probably like 45, 46, 47 years ago, right? Now it's totally different, right? It, because now it's needed right so I kind of just didn't make a big deal of it and didn't necessarily pursue it in any way it would just mm -hmm. occur sometimes I, I recognized that there were certain maybe abilities or talents I had of things that would occur a knowingness uh, we could call this claircognizance or clairsentience I think I've always been completely tuned in with claircognizance and clairsentience um, do you want to explain that for those people who don't know what clear uh, is or clairsentience sure sure so uh, the simplest way to, to say that is um, an inner or deeper knowingness. Um, I just felt connected to, uh, we could say the truth, maybe. Uh, mm -hmm. Just I've just kind of always known. I've just known what to do, when to do it, what to say, what not to say, who to talk to, who not to talk to, what to pursue, what not to pursue. And then even on a much, much deeper level, too, just a knowingness about things that had nothing to do with thinking. So it's important to sort of differentiate those two things. It has nothing to do with the intellect. This is what exists that even gives birth to the intellect. So this inner knowingness uh, about myself, about others, about events, about things, I've just always been connected to that. Uh, and that has never, ever left. It just seems to be a switch that's just eternally turned on. <laughs> mm. That's beautiful. That is really beautiful. 
So when it was poo-pooed, and we'll move from here in a moment, but I love to sleuth, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist and I, and I help people move through their stories. And so I always love to know how things, how people, how, how you connect the dots. And like, if your mom were someone who was able to, at the time say, wow, that's fascinating. Tell me more. Mm. I know I, I don't know anybody, but I want to hear. And, and it was kind of, yeah, wow, okay, mom, I'll tell you. And then it was kind of said a poo-pooed, it was encouraged. It might have been a different experience. So I guess my question is, and there's no blame. It's like, oh my God, I've never heard of such a thing. And then you might feel weird. Oh, gee, that's surprised. Right. So you might close it down a bit. Were there times that you you just never talked to anybody about it and you just experienced it and it brought you into this elevated state of feeling just feeling what? Expansive and 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 free and who you are? Yeah, I, I, I just didn't share it too much. And I and, and actually with you asking that question, looking back. Um, I, it, it happened really for a reason, because I think what needed to happen is that I had to develop some level of um, human intellect in order to eventually actually understand and deconstruct and teach what I was, what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, so in a sense, the being poo-pooed made me focus on sort of the human experience right. for a while. So like I said, as you asked me this question, I never, I never really thought about it, to be honest, but this really feels like that's exactly what was needed. So I needed to develop um, my, my personhood, if you will, to understand the human experience in a much more tangible way. And then also to be able to sort of reverse engineer or deconstruct the higher consciousness techniques and teachings that I do now. So everything, everything happens for a reason. And now my, my mom is a, uh, like everyone's mom, she's my biggest fan. So oh, how could she not be? How could she not be? Especially, <laughs> well, especially nothing, especially because you're her son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But I can only imagine how terrified she might have been after whatever happened to you. I want to ask you, I want to move forward because what you do today is so directly related to what happened to you. You had an accident. And uh, tell us about what happened and, 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 and your life before it and a little bit before it. And then what happened and since, I mean, we'll break it down, but yeah. What, who was who RJ before your accident? <laughs> That's a good question. Who's RJ now? Right? Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I think I was just quite, uh, I, I, I led for all intents and purposes, a very normal human life, even though I never felt normal um i never felt like it was me uh i never felt like anything that i was doing was really me (laughs) if that makes sense so i had normal jobs like everyone else nothing really unusual except that uh, around 24 when i turned about 24 i was having a difficult time i had lost uh, my best friend which was my dog my sister's husband passed away my grandmother who lived with us passed away an actual good friend of mine from high school passed away. So this, this was all in a very short period of time. And it really became too much to bear for me, but in a very odd way. So as strange as this sounds, I felt like I could heal them. And I couldn't bring it out of me. I couldn't access it. I, I couldn't tap into it. 
and I knew it was in me and it, it literally, it destroyed me. I, I, I just couldn't handle the fact that I was watching all these, all these people and, and my dog pass away. And I knew I could do something. I knew I could help them. I knew I could change things for them and I couldn't bring it out of me. And it, it sent me in a massive, massive tailspin. Uh, and I recall, uh, I was quite desperate in terms of what to do and how to handle this incarnation because it just felt so claustrophobic and, 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 and brutish. And I remember a, f- a friend of mine, he urged me, urged me. He said, you have to meditate. You have to meditate. You have to meditate. And I, you know, at the time I was feeling quite wounded, feeling sorry for myself and also probably quite arrogant too. And I remember saying to him, what's that going to do for me? How's that going to help? help the people that I lost. And uh, he just kept saying, you must meditate, you must meditate, you must meditate. And so I can remember vividly that night, um, I went home, I didn't had no idea how to meditate. i would never tried it and this and that, right. Uh, But for some reason, I sat down and all of a sudden, the memories of what to do and how to do it, it was instantaneous. It was it was it was immediate. And upon this meditation, uh, the things that I saw, the things that I experienced, I, I nothing's been the same for me since that single meditation at 24 years old. And I understood so much about myself, why I felt the way I felt about being able to heal all these kind of things. So much was revealed to me in 20 minutes. It was completely life altering. That was really, we could say a, a certain level of awakening of conscious awakening, even though I was doing you know, different things as a kid, leaving my body. But now there was sort of uh, accessing it through, specific instructions through the meditation that I just started doing, which is a meditation I still teach to this day, by the way, from that, from that single, that single event. I continued, Juni, with just ordinary, call it ordinary life, going to work, having a job, this and that. But at this point, I, I, I knew much more about myself and I understood myself a, a little bit better and what I was doing here and why I was here. But I don't think I was ready to be, if you want to call me a teacher, it's fine. I don't think I was ready to, to be a teacher. I just don't think I could have handled it. And it was really only up until my mid to late thirties that quite naturally people would just ask me questions about things. I was doing past life readings for people very quietly. I would just be able to tell them things and just tap into it. And it was around that time where I realized that if I continued with a normal life, it would probably kill me because I'm not here to lead a normal life. And that's pretty much almost what happened. So uh, eventually I became incredibly ill. It was a, an infection that uh, septic, you know, sepsis, no one knows where it originated from. There's only 65 reported cases of what I had ever. It was quite bad. Obviously sepsis lethal. It got into it. It really ate through some of my vertebrae and crushed, crushed my spine. And once the spine is damaged, as you know, it's, uh, it has no self repair a self-healing mechanism you, you you touch that's why it's encased in the within the bones of the, of the of the spine itself the gelatinous substance that is the spine as soon as you touch it it's permanently damaged so mine was crushed from the infection and when i woke up from surgery i really woke up it's really the only way i can say it it was authentic authentic cosmic consciousness it wasn't just uh, you could say awakening it was it was i knew everything that was going on i knew what nurses and therapists were thinking before they walked in. I knew what they were feeling when they walked out. I was, I was just so keyed into everything. And it was such a juxtaposition to be completely and utterly physically helpless. 
and to literally being to experiencing cosmic consciousness at the same time it was the most unbelievable experience ever and I, I, I totally feel I was carried by the grace of God the entire time and still feel this way even the person who came to you uh, was a, an earth angel who said you've got to meditate at a time when all of these awful things had happened you know all, all of these losses big losses and you feeling completely helpless to change how people were feeling and take away the pain and, and some part of you said I know how but you couldn't access it and your friend was just absolutely relentless you ought to meditate and I think that these kinds of people and mentors and angels come to us in all these different forms throughout our lives buoy us up if we're willing to hear and listen and um, so that was maybe a turning point as well um at that point for sure because it was like you were given that meditation and like you said within 20 minutes you just had this whole encapsulated and you still teach it today yeah yeah that and it turns out that that friend of mine his name is rich he's no, no longer no longer incarnate he's still the best medium i've ever met uh ap absolutely incredible and he, he he taught me a lot he helped me in the very very beginning when i was still arrogant and clueless thank helped me because i needed it and uh, I remember him saying something to me that I do want to share uh, when I was very troubled and he kept urging me to meditate. And I remember he asked me, he asked me a question. He said, when is a rose not a rose? And he asked me that question. I just felt something happen to me when he asked me that question. And I kind of sat straight up when he asked me that question. And I immediately answered when one fails to recognize one as such. And the look on his face, he was filled with such love and such, such compassion. Mm. And what he, what he said to me, he said, RJ, you don't understand. You are the wisest of men. And until you wake up, you will never make sense of this incarnation. You must meditate. And that's, that's really what did it. I went home and I was like, oh, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it. It was at his urging, really. So, um, but I'll never, ever yeah. forget that. And that kind of, that kind of changed everything. It would. It would. Wow. And then you got this infection, huge, out of nowhere. And then you, you, it, it just got worse and worse and worse, and you needed surgery. And you say that you woke up in this uh, altered state, a state of grace. You knew who everybody was, what they were thinking, even before they walked in the room. When you were in the surgery itself, do you remember anything from that on the other side and what I love I want to hear that and I guess in case I forget I'm just so fascinated by what you said that to be able to to have this extraordinary sense of of expansiveness and the juxtaposition of not being able to move your body who has something like that to even compare with to 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 know have any sense of where to go but you did so what did you notice when during the surgery when you were completely out of your body and yet your body was being operated on yeah it was what i what i call a possible um exit point or termination juncture so uh -huh. all of us yeah so all of us have uh, seven of these and they relate to the seven chakras the seven main chakras so on our life plan which is obviously what we map out before we incarnate. We all give ourselves That's obvious to you, not everybody would know that. Yeah, yes. This is <laughs> this this we can access these things. I teach people how to access these things so they can access right. them for, for themselves. That. Yes. So 
all of us, we all give ourselves, you know, the saying a cat has nine lives. That's more true than we realize. So we actually have seven different exit points or termination junctures that we can avail ourselves of if we feel that we have done enough in the incarnation. Now, of course, the human mind or the low frequency consciousness that they op we operate with, the ego mind identity, cannot access any of these things, but the higher consciousness can. So, and this is part of where I started to understand these things and tap into these things. So I was able to, while my body was unconscious, you know, what I really am was not. And so I could see that this was a termination point for myself if I wanted to take it. And uh, I had no interest in taking it because part of what I mapped out were several other termination points that occur afterwards. So I think I always knew I would never avail myself of this. So it was just, it was just sort of the test that I needed in order to prove to myself and then teach others um, how to put yourself back together. So I needed the test. Uh, and as a kid, I used to say, if I ever get sick, I'll just heal myself. And, you know, everyone was like, that's a pretty bizarre statement. And I remember someone asking, so how would you do it? And I didn't have an answer. And against this goes back to how much turmoil I was in as people were passing away and my dog and I, I was like, I, it's almost like I was going to say something and do something with my hands. But anyway, I, I didn't have access to it because it wasn't time. And so when I woke up from emergency surgery, as I said, I truly awakened and I remembered everything and I knew how to heal. And I explained it to the ICU nurse. I explained it to the infectious disease doctor, the surgeon in detail, what I would do. And I also explained that in exactly a hundred days, I'll, I'll walk. And, and you had no, absolutely no doubt whatsoever. This wasn't just something, Oh, I hope it'll happen. You knew this was your plan. You knew you were guided and you knew that this was going to be the, the way in which you would be letting go of the crutches and getting out of the bed and, and walking. And this was your path. And it was just an inherent knowing, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. There was no doubt. Uh, I never had a single thought that I wouldn't walk. And that's part of what I teach is how to, how to be able to overcome self-doubt. It's a big section at the beginning of the book about what I call the ego mind identity. And because the voice in your head is, it's just that. It would have to be one of the hugest because even yeah. though you have proven how it's possible. And so I imagine people who come to you want that more than anything in the whole wide world to have that possible for them with whatever they're going through. What is, is that the defining difference of what will make some people rise and overcome whatever that is and others not because of their beliefs? It's part of it. That's a great question. It's part of it. If, if a soul is going to avail itself of, a, of that termination point or exit juncture, then it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what powerful healer, healer you, you, know, you work with. If the soul is determined it's time to go, it's time to go. So there's that, and that's important to understand. Uh, number two, uh, probably the second most important thing to understand is that we do not heal through belief. Okay, there's a big sort of spiritual misconception about those terms uh, in this book and, and the course will hopefully set things uh, in a more accurate state. It, it, you heal through knowingness, you heal through a vibration, right? It's vibration, frequency, energy. Belief is a disempowering state because belief is the, the attachment to something outside of yourself, okay? So if you believe in something, you're actually disempowering yourself. 
So we don't actually heal through belief. Okay, this is not actual metaphysics. It doesn't work that way. We heal through raising our vibration, a specific vibration, which is an inner knowingness. And the knowingness occurs way before belief. In fact, I talk about to avoid beliefs, concepts, ideologies, and so-called knowledge. Knowledge is simply justified beliefs. So we have to work directly with the self, with the inner knowingness. And that vibration, right, raises your own frequency, which actually heals your energy. And that's sort of the fastest way to say it. There's much more to it than that. But it's the same principles. It's the same thing that Tesla tapped into when he talked about vibration, frequency, and energy in terms of the greater reality and that it's always available to us. So you could just say this is a rediscovering of the exact same thing in terms of ourself, in terms of our own vibration, our own frequency, and our own energy. It's the exact same metaphysics, which is why it's repeatable and why it works over and over and over again, because it's actual true physics. Wow. And isn't that what quantum physics is all about? Yeah, yeah. And but what I love is that you make it so relatable. You 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 break it in down into everyday language. I mean, I you know, for people who aren't, I'm not a scientist, and I don't necessarily I can understand some of the concepts of quantum physics. But when we think about it as a vibration, that you know, uh, that beliefs fall into a more uh, lower vibration because that's kind of what keeps us stuck if we believe you know the world's flat it's flat period you know how you can get out of that and until you know um maybe like maybe like the state of the world today years ago there was a quantum uh leap and uh, all of a sudden oh look at that the world's not flat and and then it becomes like a passe thing. Well, look at that. You know, here we are between the dark and the light in the way in which the, the planet's evolving or, or where it is standing right now. And then one day, hopefully it'll all be what we've all wanted it to be and peace and justice and freedom and yes. etc. So I'm kind of going a little bit off, off in a way that it's all about frequency and it's what we decide to align with. Yes. Yeah. The key is to align with the self or what, what the term that has been used before is the soul, right? right. Okay. So I would, uh, this book and the courses and stuff is going to give us a, a more, from my perspective, more accurate and holistic understanding of what the soul is because the soul is two components. It's not one thing. And I think previously it's always been lumped together as, as one thing. So my direct experience is that it's, it is not, it's two things. So what we really are, which is the supreme vibration Okay, this is what the direct, what I call a direct fractal of God. This is the self or the sentience. The sentience is our love and wisdom. Okay, that's what we really are. At our core, we are different levels, amounts, so believe it or not, weights of love and wisdom. This is what all of us really are at our core. And the reason why I'm pointing to the center of my chest is because the sentience, when we're incarnate, sits between the heart and the spine. And that's why people indicate themselves right here and they point and they go me because what you really are sits right here. There's nothing up here but memory. So this is really what you are. Now that's, that's what we are. Now this sentience or the self from esoteric traditions is given a complement of energy. Okay. The complement of energy that we are given is what we use to create. And when I say create, I mean to think, to emote, and to animate the body. Now, those two things together before have just been previously called the soul. It's like it's my essence, my energy. They're two separate things. It's very important to understand that. And it's very important to detach from that energy, just like the painter is not the painting, 
what we use with our energy is not us. It's simply us creating. So this is very important understanding because there has to be a certain level of detachment from your energy and your body to be able to do uh, truly advanced self-healing on yourself and on others, by the way. So what we are at our core is this sentience, this love and wisdom that's given a complement of energy. Okay. Now, when we attune the conscious mind to the sentience, to the self, the self is the supreme vibration. All of our energy starts to raise in frequency. And disharmony or dis-ease cannot exist in a high-frequency environment. Right. It simply cannot. And again, this is just simple physics, right? And it really Mm -hmm. is. But yesterday's metaphysics is today's science. But today's metaphysics is tomorrow's science. So eventually, what we're talking about today is going to be so commonplace for people, I promise you. So we're just a little ahead of the curve right now. That's all. So the key is to attune the conscious mind, right? And you can call this meditation if you like. But the key is to attune the conscious mind directly to the self. And by doing that, there's a level of detachment that occurs because now you can actually register your own energy. You can begin to feel your own energy and you can begin to distance yourself from identification with the body. And as soon as you start to do this, your vibration, your frequency actually rises. And believe it or not, healing has begun. It's actually started just by doing what I just said. Now, the, the book goes into specific exercises and protocols that are actually quite easy that increase this, that sort of enhances its efficacy. There's countless studies that meditation, it's been proven that meditation literally changes your brain pattern, it repairs your DNA, it enhances your cells. It only stands to reason that deeper, far more powerful states of meditation only greatly increase the efficacy of the self-repair and self-healing. And so this book is a revolutionary guide in terms of how to do that. Wow. Hmm. Well, so none of this really has to do with genetics. No, it has nothing to do with genetics. It it doesn't really, because what we've been believing seems forever, you know, uh, it's our genes, it's our hereditary factor. If our parents had this and that's, we're going to get it or we're more prone to that, 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 uh, you know, I mean, when you get to the level of true, true healing, it's not about the, what's the body contains. And, and it, it's, it's about what the, the essence of our, our spirit contains. And so when we, we raise that consciousness, and I think that we're probably the only beings on the planet that can, you know, all other beings can respond to whatever's put in front of them. But we have that privilege that ability to choose to meditate and make sure and, and, and to change our state. And as you say, the more that we do that and we bring it through the heart, mm-hmm. then we can have access to these higher states of consciousness and start to heal. Well, you kind yeah. of said why sometimes we don't heal. I mean, like you said, if we're, if we're choosing one of those exit points and if the soul is, that's that, you know, yeah. that's okay. But if that's not the case, um, are there times when people follow this protocol and it, and it doesn't work or they just haven't followed the protocol to the, to the way in which it needs to be followed? 
Oh, well, it's, it's a good question. Everyone who's applied themselves to this has improved so dramatically that their doctors don't understand what's going on. I love it. I yeah. love it. Your doctors must have been, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to be walking on, out of here in 100 days? I don't think so, buddy. We've seen this before, but good luck. You it, it must have just turned their heads and thinking right around. They, it, it was wonderful because they do so much. They're very kind, compassionate, educated people. And I lived in a, in a, you know, hospital rehab facility for a few months. And I remember them telling me um, that they, they, they never see anyone improve. Their job is to sort of teach them how to maintain a life being paraplegic or quadriplegic or, you know, whatever the situ situation is. Mm -hmm. um, so th it was just to teach them basic sort of uh, life skills to be able to manage. They don't see people improve. It just doesn't occur. This level of injury or, you know, people just don't improve. So I'll never forget the looks on some of their faces when I, when I walked, literally walked back in shortly after being discharged. It was only like a month or so after being discharged. And I walked in to see the look on their faces. They were crying. But one yeah. of them, but one of them said to me, we never see anyone get better. You have no idea what it means to see someone actually get better because they never see it. They never see that. And so that was, that was right. That I'll never forget that. That really, that really stuck with me. Um, but, but to go back to what you asked Juni about, uh, people using the, these, these teachings, these, it's called the ascend the frequency healing technique, which is in the book. Um, everyone that's applied it with any kind of level of dedication has seen drastic improvement. The, it's like anything else. Like if someone says, I want to get in shape. I want to lose 20 pounds and build muscle or whatever it is. Right. And then, but they don't really go to the gym or they never really do it. Or they do it once a week or they, you know, do they get the same kind of results as someone who's dedicated who goes every other day? And of course not. So the same thing applies here. You have to dedicate yourself. You're not going to do this and all of a sudden unparalyze yourself or get rid of cancer or diabetes by snapping your fingers. We're not, we're not existing at such a high frequency where that would occur. Um, disharmony doesn't exist in those high frequencies either. So it'll never happen in that way. So, but the application and the dedication of these teachings have to yield results because it's just physics. It's, it's not woo woo. It's not, it, it's, no, it's, it's mathematics. It's science. Yeah. It's, it's rooted in vibration, frequency, energy. It's the exact same thing. So if you apply yourself, changes happen now. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I, I guess we'll say fortunate enough. But I also can pick up and sense when, when someone's, the soul is going to avail themselves of the, uh, of the termination point of the juncture, right? And people ask me, am I going to die this night? And I often don't go, I'm not too specific about things like that because I don't want to affect, I'm not allowed to affect anyone's free will. I am allowed to help them if they're determined to get better, right? Which is the, that's the real magic, right? So, uh, the only time I could say that I would say where someone, and this person got a lot better, and then stopped because I think they realized they just, they just didn't want to keep going. They just didn't want to keep doing it. Uh, and then they availed themselves of some very strange sort of medical procedure. And they were never the same after that. And they, they, they shortly left their body after that. But other, other than one or two specific instances where people were going to avail themselves of the termination point, anyone who applies this gets better because you have to get better. It's, it's how energy actually works. You cannot, not get better by doing it. Right. You can't not have the sun rise every morning. Right. right. <laughs> you yeah. can't not be affected by gravity. 
right. right. It's right. just there are certain just, laws yeah. that this follows. And so, like you say, if you put the time in, if you're really committed, if you're really, you know, I'm doing whatever is required in a way that you're just completely focused, and that is your focus to heal and to get better. You do what it takes to do it. This is just so fascinating for me. It feels like, you know, I, I, your teaching should be at every rehab center in the world, you know, that, uh, and I know you can't personally be at every rehab center in the world, but your teachings and your book and your videos, because I can't imagine anybody who's, you know, paralyzed or less wouldn't want to know, wouldn't do anything to get themselves out of that state. It's it's just a matter of people coming in contact with the with the information, with the teachings, with the book, um, because uh, the desire has to be there first. Someone has someone has to want to get better, and then the second thing is you have to have an open mind because it's going to be the opposite of everything you've been taught. So right. we we have for a very long time, a very long time, been purposely miseducated and overly medicated for a very long time. So, and that's why the first section of the book, I talk a lot about the ego mind identity and the programming of what we believe is possible, what we think, which is always in context to a belief, a concept, or an ideology. All thought is in context to a belief, concept, or ideology, right? So all of those things are low frequency and they have nothing to do with yourself and they have nothing to do with your higher consciousness. So we have completely limited ourselves, which is why people are not walking around healing themselves because they're disconnected from that part of themselves. So it's impossible for them to self-heal because they're not working directly with themselves, nor have they been taught properly. So this book and this course is going to change that for everyone. Mm-hmm. What would you say to people today who, you know, who are feeling, who are being seduced by the fear in COVID? And who before that, you know, for better or for worse, for living regular lives, when they knew what to, they, they, you know, I mean, nobody's ever in control, period. But, you know, you kind of have a sense of what was going to happen the next day. And so one thing about this time has allowed people to really look inside and see what really matters and find out who they are through this process if they're taking it uh, that seriously. And after almost two years, I think people are, you know, we're being catapulted, whether we want to or not, into a different state of consciousness. And I've never seen so much creativity in terms of resilience and how doing things in a different way. There's a word I can't access it at the moment. And, and, and yet there are others who are stuck, tuned into all the, 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 the news and, 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 and staying. It's like, what would you say? I mean, this whole thing, what you call the ego mind identity, is that it? EMI? Yeah. And where they're, they don't know another way because it's everywhere around them and you know and what we focus on it's going to expand and where do where do you start when somebody's feeling so kind of oh you know the earth is just going to hell in a handbag and um, i'm watching it happen what would you advise how do you help people go beyond that you know when they're so dug in there and even before COVID, you know, if you're so dug in there, how do you get from there to, like you said, it's what people are 
and, and a huge part of your book is all about that. How do people, what would be some of the steps that people would take? Obviously an openness to, to, to want something different. Well, tell us a little bit what some of those steps are. Yeah, the, one of the simplest things that anyone can do is to pretend, to, and I call these things real magic tricks because they are, because they completely change your energy and they transmute lower frequency energy. So there's many, many, many of them in, in the book. So one of them is to simply pretend everything is a boring movie. A boring movie? A boring movie. So let me explain why uh, that works in terms of what we're, what we're talking about. So we've all watched a boring movie, right? But we've all watched movies that we're into. So let's start with the movies that we're into, okay? Now, how this really works is when you're watching a movie and you're getting caught up in it, so your attention is on what's going on on the screen. And attention is energy, okay? So when we're watching the movie, and we're getting caught up, which means we're identifying with what's going on. We're putting ourselves there. We're identifying ego mind identity. We're identifying with what is going on. And we are now attached to what is going on. That's how we're getting caught up. So our energy is literally attached to what's going on on the screen. So if it's a scary movie, then we then feel the chills and the thrills of what's going on. And because our energy is attached, and I'm talking with my hands, right? But because our energy is attached, right? Whatever is going on in the movie, is going to happen to us because our energy is now attached to what's going on on the screen. Once your energy is attached to something outside of yourself, you have no longer have any control over your life. You have no control over your life because the energy is now attached because you're identifying with what is going on. So the movie, the thrills, the chills, the excitement, we're on for, we're on a ride now because through our energy attention, we are now attached by identifying and now our life is completely out of control. Okay. So what is the remedy? What is the magic trick to stop this? Pretend it's a boring movie. Okay, so now metaphysically, what happens with the boring movie? Okay, so we know what happens with the exciting movie. Our energy is attached. We're going for a ride. We have no control. Whatever happens on the screen, that's now what happens to us, right? Okay, boring movie, this is what happens. Your energy comes back to you because you're no longer identifying with what is on the screen. You're no longer caught up in it. You don't care. You don't see yourself in what's happening because you've lost interest. So all that energy from the exciting movie, life out of control, boring movie, your energy comes back to you. And now whatever is on the screen doesn't affect you. So metaphysically, this is what happens. You get the return of your own energy. So by detaching, by seeing everything as a boring movie, Okay, you detach, you detach your energy, the energy comes back to you. Detachment is power. And again, this is the total opposite, of course, of what we've been told, right? Care about everything, get involved in everything. No. Pretend everything is a boring movie, all your energy comes back to you. Now what's going on the screen does not affect you. And now you have all your energy and power to follow through on your own intentionality on things that will actually improve your life. Does that make sense? Oh my gosh, absolutely. I've never heard it explained that way before. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's totally makes sense. It's like, wasn't it the Buddha that said this form of all suffering is attachment? 
Yes. And right. And so when we are, and we're always asked, let go, let go, let go. Well, how do you let go? How can I let go? It's too important. I could, right. I often use it in my therapy practice. So I say, be the witness of, of what's going on. Don't, don't be in it. You know, when I help people to write their, their memoir, for instance, and they're remembering a, a t- past experience that has been painful rather than get re-traumatized, just see it over there on a screen. And you've got the ability to turn it up or turn it down. Turn down the volume, turn off the volume, turn it off completely. But you just be the witness observer, impartial observer at this point, right? And so I think there's a similarity there. And what's interesting to me, um, because we can all do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, if that movie happens to be CNN (laughs) 24-7, right? Or even somebody on the phone or a, a text or whatever, an email, whatever, it just comes in all bombarded. It's choose not to watch, choose not to whatever, just see it. Oh, that's interesting, whatever. <laughs> but bring it back. So are you also saying then that when we're caught up in that movie and we're, you know, oh my God, or even a re- reading a thrilling book or whatever, and we're just in it, you know, I help people write books that people are going to hate them for because they just wanted to go to bed, but they couldn't go to bed and they couldn't go to sleep because they had to read through the night, right? Because it's so compelling. So when that happens, when we're in a movie that is so compelling and we're just identifying completely with the characters and the situation and the bombs blowing up or God knows what or scary or Frankenstein, does that affect us physiologically? Yeah, completely. So whatever, yeah, whatever. And the real movie that we have to detach from is the one we created for ourselves. You can get into that if you like. Okay. So yes, please. yeah, that, that's the key. That's the ego mind identity. That's the limitation program. I like to say the ego mind identity is a limitation program that runs by thinking. Hence meditation, mm. hence meditation, right? Okay. So if we, whatever, whatever conceptualized reality, whatever mental reality that we've created for ourselves, our body will then have the tangible experience of that. Of course. Period. Of course. Right? Yeah. Right. So if if we're holding beliefs and no belief and no concept is actually you, but that that aside, if we're holding certain beliefs, certain concepts, certain ideologies, or playing certain roles, right, that are not that are not engendering inner peace, love, compassion, and wisdom, then those beliefs, concepts, and ideologies don't actually serve you. If, if they're making you a wreck a nervous wreck or, you know, depressed, or you're driving yourself crazy, exhausted by, then these beliefs, concepts, and ideologies simply do not serve your higher good. That's rather obvious to see, right? Okay. So the conceptualized reality we create for ourselves, our body then has the tangible experience. I want people to really understand now the body-mind connection, because that is what the body-mind connection is. And make no mistake about that. Now, what overrides all of that is the self or the sentience, which gives birth to the mind and the body. So when we're working with the self, the sentience, right, you can tell the RNA, which tells the DNA, which tells the cells and the proteins what to do. And make no mistake about it, that's how it actually works, okay, which is why I'm not paralyzed and why the people that I've worked with are remarkably better. They've learned how to do this for themselves, and it's quite simple. Okay, so let's just go back to that uh, boring movie analogy, because that seems to hit home for everyone. And there's many, many, many of these in the book. These are real magic tricks that changes your energy completely in in a second, right? Okay. So the, the, 
the higher level of this is to see your own stuff as a boring movie. Okay. It's one thing to apply, as you said, CNN or any, or anything that's going on, but start to see your life this way. Start to see the people in your life this way and just follow me. Right. The drama that's going on with the husband, with the wife, with the son, with the daughter, with the, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Okay. Start to see that as a boring movie too. Okay. Start to detach from that. And let people do what they need to do. And you only really know someone until you let them let them do what they want when they want. It's the only time you really see someone clearly. Stop trying to mm-hmm. control them. Right? Okay. So let life happen because it's going to anyway. Right? So it's a, fe- it's a sort of a feckless adventure to try to control life. Right? Okay. So start seeing everything in your life as a boring movie too. Watch, watch what happens to you, how you start to feel. Do you start to feel calmer? You start to feel happy because your vibration is going to start to rise. You start to feel calmer. You start to feel this sort of this undercurrent of joy that's just there, no matter what's going on. And you start to become more and more powerful because more and more of your energy is coming back to you. So I want people to start to apply it in that way. And the next level of that, the next level of that is with your own body. The exact same thing. Okay. Pull back even more and just see what's going on with the body as a boring movie, no matter how catastrophic, okay, or how painful. And I know, and I know these things personally, but catastrophic and severe pain, levels of pain I didn't think existed, right? But detach from that too and see that as a boring movie. And now nothing really has control over you. Now you're in the driver's seat when you do this, okay? So those are the different levels of this. Now, where we get caught up, Okay, is with the ego mind identity is identifying with the body, identifying with the relationships, identifying with what's going on on the television, or just identification with anything. This is the this is the real issue, right? So if we look at it this way, which is will be helpful, beingness, what we really are, must already exist for an experience to take place. Beingness, what we really are must already be in place for a memory to even be created. So we are this beingness. We exist before the mind, before the experience, before the body, before the belief, before the thought, before everything. This is what we are. We are at our core untouched by all of these things. And through these practices, you will start to reacquaint yourself with that beingness And you will realize no matter what is going on with your body, that you are actually at your core untouched. You are untouched because you're the awareness of what's going on with the body. You're the awareness of the pain in your your stomach. You're the awareness of the, of the, the daughter having a meltdown. You're the awareness of the newscaster telling you to be afraid. You're just the awareness of this. You're untouched by all of these things. And as you tangibly have this recognition of this, now we can get to work because now we have our energy back because we've detached Now we know the truth as to what we really are. Now we can do anything because this beingness, this self is a direct fractal of God. There are no limitations. They don't exist. Literally, they do not exist. You are an immortal creator being given energy to create, create whatever you want. Wow. That's stunning. It's the truth. Absolutely. No, I believe it's the truth. I, 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 I know it in my being. 
it was a wonderful reminder though for me even though i i feel like you i came in this way in in a, in a state of knowing and through my own certain experiences and 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 uh near-death experiences uh, that i've had more than one and also awake in a state of grace that I'm here for that reason in my way, in which ways that I can impart what I know. And yet I've been recently found myself in some kind of fear because of my eyes, because my eyes are, um, and I think it's, I, I had some issues with my eyes in the past and um, went through quite a bit of treatment. And then two years on Zoom, it could just be fatigue or something else, but I could see myself or, or the strain of being on on, on a, a screen when we're so used to just doing everything I do with real people, <laughs> where you can hug people and be together. And so, you know, I started, <laughs> I said to to David last night, I said, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I've got a cataract. And he said, cancel that thought. <laughs> and I said, thank you. And you, just with this explanation, again, remind me who I am. And in that place, there are no limitations. And that's where everything, the miracles can happen. Because that's where all is already all well. And so I thank you personally. I thank you for everybody that's listening. Because and hearing you and the wisdom that you have and who you are and what you brought to us humanity especially now in these times that are extraordinary we talked about that a little bit before the show began that we are living in uh, very exciting uh, times to be alive i mean this is a we're at a real choice point here do you want to say anything about that sure yeah uh i'll, I'll offer a different perspective which is which is my role here to offer a different perspective so I would say that consciousness, what we really are, the beingness, the consciousness, what we really are can no longer evolve through beliefs, which is why we're seeing the destruction and crumbling of belief systems. Everything that we've believed in is falling apart. It's supposed to, because you can no longer evolve through beliefs. So this was actually supposed to end roughly about 2000 years ago. The, uh, in terms of our consciousness evolution is like in a cycle, like a flower blooming and then dying and then blooming again. Consciousness goes in cycles. Forget time. Forget time. Consciousness does this. So we have reached a point in terms of our own consciousness that we can't understand anything about ourselves through beliefs that are outside of ourselves. And this is where, this is exactly where we're at. This is exactly what is going on on a much deeper level. We can no longer evolve through beliefs. So everything has to fall apart that we've been believing in because we cannot advance as a soul, as a consciousness, as a collective through beliefs anymore. So now what we're entering into, what I've been told, wisdom that transcends, which is this is the first book of, of, of that, of the introduction to the wisdom that transcends knowledge. So the only way that we can actually evolve now, Juni, is through direct, tangible experience within. So hence the detaching from everything. So we talked about you know, the boring movie, right? And there's a whole bunch of other ways to do that. It's just one way to do it. But this brings your energy back to you. And now what you start feeling is yourself. And now your consciousness can evolve because it's no longer being misled or carried on a ride based upon your identification and getting caught up. So for consciousness to evolve, 
we must detach from what is happening, all of us, everyone. Okay, I know you're told to, to get involved and get crazy and care and don't. It's terrible for you. So detach, get your energy back. And then what happens is truth, what we call truth, is really a litmus test for self-awareness. So we will be able to decode what feels right and what doesn't when we're no longer attached to it. Okay, so your own higher intuitive functionality will come online. It doesn't mean you're going to see all this stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about your intuition, your inner knowingness. It comes back online once you've detached your energy from something. So this is the key. And now our consciousness can evolve with greater efficacy. And this is what I am interested in, is the, the evolving of consciousness with the greatest efficacy possible. So we have to do everything the opposite of what we've been told to do, because we've been told to believe in everything and care about everything and attach ourselves to everything. You cannot evolve this way. We've reached a saturation point with this. So this is what's really going on. It's just a, a different, I always use the flower and I'm using my hands again, a circle. So, cause consciousness does this, it, it awakens, it evolves it enlightens, and then it goes right back down to the darkness. And then the same thing happens, just like a flower blooming and dying, a flower blooming and then dying. It's never ending because there never was a beginning. <laughs> so this is what's happening. So detach and work on yourself. And the only way to work on yourself is to be connected to yourself. If you're connected to everything else, how are you working on yourself? You're not. You've, you've succumbed to your own ego mind identity. Your ego mind identity is part of this illusion here. It was built off of everything here. It has nothing to do with you. So all the programming, all the mental programming, all the beliefs, all the concepts, all the ideologies, all the memories, all the experiences, right? The beingness exists before these things, right? So this whole boring movie thing is vital, okay? And do it on every level. Do a boring movie on what's on the television screen and then bring it in, bring it in more. Doing boring movie, what's even going on in the house and bring it in again. During, do a boring movie, even what's going on in your head. And then bring it in one more time. Do the boring movie with even what's going on with your body. This level of detachment will give you such peace no matter what is going on. And it will start to give you clarity. And it will give you your energy back. It will make you a powerful being again. Because we are all immensely powerful. We have no idea how powerful we actually are. But the only, way to, the only way to use your power is to detach from what you're using your energy and power to be attached to. Which is, which is, which is so different yeah, yeah, than what we've been taught. That's right. And for people, and I can I can speak from experience, if you're if you've grown up in an environment that doesn't feel safe and you're always on hyper alert, mm -hmm. then when you try to detach from that, your body I think is so geared for drama, and that anything quiet is so foreign. So for me, for a lot of years as I was detaching from the theatrics and the drama and all of that, and I just wanted teeth in my life, it just seemed so out of place. I didn't know what to do with quiet. So it takes some time to really get used to being still, which is why meditation works, by being still and being alone and not having getting involved in somebody, the neighbor's drama, your family's drama, your friend's drama, your own drama, right? It's like you just want to jump in because that's what you know. And so it really does take a concerted effort to choose 
stillness, quiet, nature, being alone, just really. And now for me and for decades now, oh my gosh, there's very little drama in my life. And if there is, it won't be there for long, I assure you, because it's not, it's just not part of where I live anymore. And I don't, I don't choose it. I don't want it. It's not necessary, which gives me the ability to do what I'm here to do, to be that light, to be able to offer in my way what's possible. And I can't do that if I'm, if I'm even attached to the stories that my clients bring me. Yeah, this I, I'm attached to their heart. And I, or if I want to put it that way, I feel I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm empathetic. I'm there. I, I understand. There's a place where we connect. And there's also a place where I'm able to hold that space for, for them to go as deep as they need to go to let go of whatever it is that's holding them back and bless them and release them. So what we're really talking about is a reactionary paradigm. We're reacting to, with, to everything because we're identifying with everything, ego, mind, identity. So we're, this is a reactionary paradigm. And another word for reaction is stress. So there's no way to be healthy living with the ego, mind, identity, which is built upon a reactionary paradigm. We're constantly reacting to everything because we identify with everything, right? If you don't identify with anything, it's hard to get a reaction out of you. You'll respond. Okay, and this is the difference, the real difference between caring and compassion. And this, this is another teaching, if you will, that we really need to understand the difference between these two things because they've been used synonymously, caring and compassion. They actually have nothing to do with each other. It's like the difference between belief and faith, and we can talk about that too, which have nothing to do with each other. So the difference between caring and compassion, caring is a reactionary paradigm, but caring is having a vested interest in a specific outcome. Right. We care. We're worried. We want this to happen. We want that to happen. We want him to be okay. We want her to be okay. We care. We care. We care. So we have a vested interest in a very specific outcome. This is torture. And it's also disempowering. Compassion is the opposite. Compassion is being fully present for someone. To be here now for someone. This is compassion, which has nothing to do with caring. You don't have a vested interest in a specific outcome you are simply here now so we must start with ourselves mm. we must have compassion for ourselves we must be here now for ourselves how do i do that rj it's all a boring movie detach let go you have permission you have permission to heal you have permission to be compassionate for yourself this is the true order of things the reactionary paradigm is the unnatural version of things. Your ego mind identity is the unnatural version of things, which is why the body gets sick. Okay, this is, just turns everything around on its head because this is a deeper, more holistic understanding of what is. It's a deeper understanding of metaphysics, right? So compassion is the key to be fully present. Be fully present for yourself. It all starts there. And as soon as we start to do this, the body of energy and the physical body starts to repair itself. The body was designed, okay, to do the actions directed from, from the cosmic self, from the cosmic body. It was designed for that. It was not designed to do actions that are mentally driven based upon beliefs, concepts, ideologies, and roles. 
The body can't handle that. It's supposed to come from here, the actions, the love, the wisdom. The body was designed for that. The body's not designed to be inundated with mental stimulus. And then every action and emotion and thought is based upon the mental stimulus. That's why the body just breaks down. Breaks down. How can it not? It's inundated. It was never built to do that. Wow. I am just blown away by you. Truly. You are so wise and you you give your wisdom um, so freely and passionately and there's no denying for me that you know what you know and that it you're you're so inspired to teach that and to disseminate that information and that uh, like you said turn everything else we've known on its head because it ain't working anymore all we have to do is look outside (laughs) look inside (laughs) And no, right? And so if there's another way that, that, that defies what it was, what we believed, it's not about what we believe. It's about the truth. The yeah, truth this, is here. That, that's right. And like that's you exactly. said, the truth was always here. It was there at the beginning. There is no beginning. There's no end. It's always there. And we can access it now and forever. Any given moment, any second. We leave it. It doesn't leave us. Right. It is. It is only the truth that heals. It's the truth. They say, "How long ago was that?" You know, the truth shall set us free. The truth shall set us free. Thank you for sharing your truth. And you're a walking, talking man of truth. And so I, I love what you're, uh, what you're offering, what you're teaching, who you are, and. Is there anything I want to ask you before we leave one more question? And then I want to, you can tell us where, where people can find you and where people can get your book and, and anything else about that. And it'll be on my podcast. So all of that information will be there as well that you can, people who are just listening or whatever. Is there any last words that you would like to offer the listeners today? Yes. Give yourself permission to heal. Give yourself permission to heal. Give it to yourself. It is your divine right to heal. It is your divine destiny to heal. Mm. So embrace it and give yourself permission right now, starting right now. And for those of you that are struggling with whatever you're struggling with, leave it here. Leave it here with me right now. Just drop it off like you would put down groceries. Say, I just can't handle this stress. I just can't handle this pressure. I just can't handle this pain. I can't handle it anymore. Then don't. Then don't handle it anymore. Let it go and leave it right here with me now. And give yourself permission to heal. Wow. That's powerful. Well, this has been a beautiful, boring interview. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't help myself. (laughs) It's been anything but, and I totally get your teachings. And thank you so much. So how can people find you? Uh, They can go to 
and it's the name of the book. So it's superchargedselfhealing.com, and you can get your free guide to some stress-relieving magic tricks, which I alluded to one of them today. But I want people to have this guide because it is needed and it's free. So just go to that, go to that website and you get your free guide. And then you'll be on the mailing list and I'll let everyone know about when the book is coming out, which you can pre-order it now, but when the book's coming out, the courses, interviews, lectures, and things like that. So we can, all of us can turn ourselves and this planet around because we're meant to do it. Bless you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Jenny. Your sweetheart. Thank you so much. You're welcome.